song you just heard is Sharpshooter by Dylan Roth of the band No Jersey from New York, which means I'm Nick Bond. And I'm Brad Hill. And this is Darty. We have an episode that's going to floor you today, Brad. <laughs> I see you I'm a one. dad. I'm allowed to make that joke. You can't. <laughs> oh, I like it. Uh, we're going to be talking about floor tournaments, which uh, Brad, uh, it, can you just explain really quick what they are before we get going? Uh, we're going to get really in depth into how they work, but like literally what they are is uh, kind of crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like the physical thing you're seeing. Yeah, that's it's the basis of the entire PDC ranking system. Um, it's every all of the 128 tour card holders participate in it. So it's just a straight bracket and they do 30 of them per year to culminate at the very end of it. The players championship finals that the top 64 of the total 128 tour card holders will qualify for usually uh, end of November, generally around Thanksgiving weekend. So perfect kind of trip to fan watching spectacular here. <laughs> it's actually going to be the, the weekend prior, unfortunately. Yeah, the uh, the other thing about it is uh, they take place in fucking warehouses. Like it is, <laughs> it is amazing. It is like it is junky shit for darts fans. Like it is literally like Brad and I will sit and be like, "Oh, that's a crazy," and it'll be like the hundred and twentieth guy against like the sixty. You know what I'm saying? It's like a okay. completely like random match, and you're just like, "Oh wow," okay. like. It's also crazy, again, how much better they are than us. Um, speaking of which, uh, we should start with the Premier League before we get into how the rankings work. We, uh, we've we done a lot of research on um, at least the qualifications and stuff like that uh, that we, we're going to share with you. So the Premier League this week I thought was uh, great. I thought there was uh, a lot of great matches, but I feel like in talking to you a little bit beforehand, you did have some problems with uh, the way things, if not the way things went, the way things happen uh, yes. <laughs> in a general line. <laughs> yeah, there's there's basically, I mean, there's two ways of looking at the Premier League. One, it's the actual matches themselves. And this week, there's absolutely no question that the quality and the com- competitiveness was off the charts. My problem. Yeah, this was amazing. Yeah, they, they said it was 75 out of the potential 77 legs were played, which means that we had two matches that did not go the, to a final deciding leg, which can't argue with can't argue with that. The problem I have, and it's the same thing that you'll hear a lot of people say, is the format. The format just having to be eight the same eight players every week just essentially makes it just a very condensed order of merit system for the PDC. So for the players championships and the tour cards and everything like that, you have the 128 players. They're ranked on tournaments. They're ranked on the money that they win. And this is essentially that only with eight people. Um, they used to have the format that it was just essentially a double round Robin wins, losses and draws. So that made the format at least a little bit different and something unique to the tournament itself. This is just something that, I don't, I'm not the biggest fan of, like, if it's on and I'm around, I'll have it on and kind of watching it. But more often than not, it's just, it's it's not, but it's also not designed for me either. It's designed for the people, I think we talked about it, the people who are there in the arena, the people who aren't the folks like us who are going to be watching those floor tournaments without the crowds there or anything like that. Yeah, it's, it's very weird because, like, 
I watch it with Isby and she loves it because it's just like pure, just like people she likes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's three. So it's like, and I'm not saying that like, if you like the Premier League, you're a three-year-old because I loved it. I think it's awesome. But like, I'm very much a wrestling fan. And and that is some wrestling ass shit. Just like, oh, we're just going to have big match after big match after big match. But it's only going to be the top eight guys. Yeah. Sorry. Like nobody else is going to get in the main event for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And it's it kind of does get tiresome, not in the sense of like the individual matches are between very talented darts players. So there's just inherently going to be good darts and incredible shit you've never seen. But you also keep seeing the same people, I guess, like you look at somebody like Peter Wright, he played well. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he didn't look like a doorstop. He looked like somebody who uh, belonged on the show, as opposed to somebody where like to, who let the old man with the funny funny hair on. Um, and and that was good. And Luke Humphreys looked great uh, in both matches. Uh, Luke Lidler, of course, was just uh, on fire until literally like the last two darts of mm-hmm. the last match. Yeah. Like he missed double 10 twice, which is his favorite checkout. Mm-hmm. But it was a really competitive night all the way around. Um, there's still this like, well, what's going to happen next week? And what happens if like Nathan Aspen, all that was the best he's going to do? Like there's a lot of stuff coming out where it was like a really good night of darts. But it's like, and if every night of darts is like this and it's sure the same four guys in the semifinals and stuff like that, that's fine. But like, if it what happens if it's like not consistently really great darts? Like it, it seems almost impossible that they're going to do seventy five out of seventy seven again. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And that there's an inherent dramatic flair to darts that allows it to kind of carry this stuff. But like, you've as someone who watched the old format and the new format, does it just not feel as urgent? I mean, either way, there's going to be folks who are kind of out of it early. The good, the thing I liked about the league format previously, that double round Robin is I I mentioned it last week after everyone, you play everybody twice after the first go round, after the first round of playing each other, the bottom two people are essentially relegated from the league. So that kind of cuts the fat of the people who just aren't playing well, Mm -hmm. which is good, but it also is, helps because in a way like if you're if people are playing that poorly they probably don't want to be getting their asses handed to them week Mm -hmm. after week so it kind of helps in that regard i know like for example um in the the year the final year that they did that format glenn durant had just hit like rock bottom he had won the premier league the year prior and then was bad had been battling covid and just wasn't playing anywhere near what he was able to do previously. He played nine matches, lost all nine of them and was eliminated, which is great. He still got a decent payday for participating, but watching that drag on for 16 weeks would have been tough. Yeah, to watch. Exactly. It's like, and it's not fair to him because it wasn't even like he didn't care. It's like literally he was coming off of an illness and it's like, I'm not saying Peter Wright doesn't, care like or that's the equivalent of having covid i'm saying like literally it's like he's just not playing well there's not even like oh well like 
God bless him. It's like, this is like, and Peter Wright's nowhere near what I think you said he was averaging like in the low eighties. I think you mentioned last week, like that's bad. That's like not um, anywhere near what you would expect from someone who's supposed to be in the top eight of the entire darts universe. Um, And I, I do wonder whether or not there's kind of a, settling of a certain group of people at the top that kind of just makes it so that everybody's trying to play spoiler for like the number four guy or whatever yeah it's because it's the top four right Mm -hmm. and it's like the other three like let's say it's van gerwin smith and like littler are consistently it's like i don't know how exciting it's going to be to watch like luke humphreys fight off nathan aspinall uh peter wright and maybe rob cross but you know what i'm saying it's like kind of like he's way better than those guys and gerwin is gerwin like either one of them it's kind of like i i think that you're kind of just gonna that might be interesting that four or five but like i i don't know how much we're gonna get out of uh some kind of if it solidifies towards the top which i feel like it might like because there's such a weird like it's kind of like when Jordan was in the league mm-hmm. where it was like, Oh no, he's unequivocally the best. And then everybody else is like number two. It's like, it's almost not fun to be like, okay, those guys are clearly the three or f- three best. I think those are probably the three most talented guys on any given night. And then Luke Humphreys can beat all three of them or like just not. It, he's weird. Cause it's like, I feel like his ceiling is lower than all three of theirs, but he, he can be more, con- he's been more consistent over the last six months in a way that was insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I don't like, I don't think there's going to get it much better next week. Uh, Cause I mean, at least for uh, like somebody like Michael Van Gerwen and uh, Peter Wright, like uh, I, I, just, I thought the Luke Humphreys game was going to go a certain way and it didn't. It was much closer than I expected, um, but it really wasn't. If you like, really dig into it, it's that Michael. Uh, sorry, that Peter Wright got. I don't want to say lucky. He's a two-time world champ, but he like hit what he was supposed to hit. Um, and Michael Van Gerwen is uh, the best darts player I've ever seen. Like, so uh, sure, whatever. If you think that there's like a chance that Peter Wright's going to do well, go ahead. The only thing that I can say about that is he played better, Peter Wright played better than expected last week. MVG has missed some shots. He hasn't been as consistent as I've seen him be in the past. And I don't know necessarily how big a role this will play, but it is being played in Scotland. Oh, yeah, I just saw that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We will will certainly have the crowd uh, backing him up there. No, I honestly think that will either go really well or really, really, really poorly. Like Van Gerwen will like take enjoy taking the piss out of the crowd when he's like he whitewashes him with like a hundred and thirty. He's like, no, I'm I'm gonna turn into a Super Saiyan. You can't tell because my hair didn't change color, but like. <laughs> and but like even for someone like I think Rob Cross is. He hasn't played poorly by any stretch of the imagination, but he's kind of, I think this is going to be an important match. Uh, and he's, he's going against Michael Smith uh, in terms of establishing him, like getting a foothold somewhere. 
like I think he has to be or he's gonna really struggle to like he's playing Luke Humphreys next you know what I'm saying like he has a pretty rough like he has to get a one win out of the next two I think if he's gonna really like make a a stand and kind of get to the point where he can compete for like a spot in the playoffs um speaking of Luke uh Nathan Aspinall um do you think he's gonna ever win a a match the entire I'm sorry I really (laughs) like picking on him um honestly all four of the matches this week there's there's an interesting element to all of them I think Rob Cross Michael Smith is going to be interesting Michael Smith has been playing very well but I wouldn't be surprised for Rob Cross to get a win out of that one MVG Peter Wright already kind of talked about Peter Wright's gonna have the crowd could be a good thing could be a bad thing Aspen Humphreys. Um, Aspinall, I've seen play well. It seems like he's been very inconsistent lately, so I'm not sure necessarily what is going to come out of that one. I guess picking Humphreys is probably the safest bet out of all of those. And then the last one with Price and Littler. I mean, Littler's been Littler, and Price is like... If there's one like even if Price plays well, it could be like you know he could crush him with his his tiny. Little, I I don't know what size hands he. Is. He's a small guy, but so is Kerwin. Do you think they would try to wrestle? Like you never know. I just feel, why is out of all the players that might beat the shit out of a seventeen year old child, Kerwin Price is probably at the top of the list. <laughs> yeah, he might be like. <laughs> You mean both physically and yeah, and like enjoy beating him for the sake of beating him. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a lot harder to predict is oh, you see that as a nice segue. I'm proud of myself. I preemptively jumped it, but uh, is a floor tournament, which uh, as we mentioned, are starting this week, um, on Monday and Tuesday, yes. right? So, um, like you mentioned, the f- and I kind of mentioned in passing, the floor tournaments are like the almost like the regular season of darts in terms of like when everybody play like everybody plays on that mm-hmm. day in the way that you would in like a baseball in baseball or football or something like that. Um, it's very it's a very condensed knockout tournament or it's not. Yeah, it's condensed. It's crazy condensed. Yeah. It's like uh, 120 however many matches. Uh, a, a, a night um, a, and it all takes place basically in um, giant warehouses yeah. like no exaggeration they are literally like convention centers with just a bunch of boards mm-hmm. set up and there's eight boards no, right six, uh, and they were oh 16 yeah. okay there's 16 boards and they stream four of them so what I would do um, would be to put all four on uh, one of my monitors and uh, uh, have the audio on for the one I was the most interested in um, because I'm insane. Uh, but it's really like that level. Like I said, it's like cr- it's like crack or heroin or whatever, really like hard drug that you get super addicted to uh, because it's just like the sound. The a- ASMR of it is awesome. Yes. But also like you get to see a lot of cool stuff by virtue. It's like being able to watch like four or five baseball games. It's like, oh, you're going to see something you may have never seen before. It's not that it never happened. It's just you've never seen it before. You actually get to see it. You get to see random nine darters. Um, Like you get to see all kinds of stuff where people just like, like people unexpectedly playing really well is cool. I mean, they're top 128. It's not really like the world championships where you're like, how, what? 
it's it's more of like oh that guy good for that guy um kind of thing um and for you uh, is that when did you start to get into it because like obviously i got super into the floor tournaments immediately Mm -hmm. uh but for you you said that you kind of like slowly got into like the bigger tournaments was the floor tournament something you started watching like two or three years in um I would say probably year two was more when I started get watching that more and more. So to be quite honest with you, part of the uh, when I started watching it, I it was specifically around the world championships. That was obviously the basis for it. Like we've talked about, the crowds are incredible. The matches are very entertaining. It's kind of like the perfect thing to have on around the holidays. That at the time was streamed for free on BBC America. So I didn't need any PDC website at that point i was able to just watch it on a regular website for free when that went away that was when i got the pdc subscription the yearly one and that's when i started watching the bigger tournaments i was why you know i'd watch like the masters (laughs) i would watch the world championships the uk open which is by far my favorite tournament um, and, but the, the floor tournament's always kind of like, I would see clips of it and I'm like, why, like, what do they do? They're playing this in basically what looks like a cubicle at an office. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. It's so good. So then I'm like, this is ridiculous. Why would anyone watch it? And then like two months later, I'm like, this is incredible. I'm never turning in this off. Never not watching this. Yeah, dude, I am so hyped for Monday and Tuesday. And like I have, I have worked with the do. most, probably yes, the most Brad. underrated aspect is the music that they play in between matches. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> you'll be like you'll be walking around probably the end of next week when there's when the tournaments are over, just kind of like humming the songs to yourself, and you'll be like, "What is wrong with me?" <laughs> Everything, uh, but nothing at all at the same time. That's what's beautiful about darts. These are kind of relatively short matches, right? Except for once you get towards the end, they get a little longer, right? Yeah, but even that is is fairly short. So it's best of 11. So first to six legs for every round of the tournament. So very similar to how they have it in the Premier League. However, when you get to the semifinals, it's best of 13. So first to seven. And then the final is first to eight or best of 15 at that point. Yeah, it, and they're, they're very quick games for the most part. And it, it, what's cool to see in top, on top of like, oh, stuff you've never seen before. Some dudes just get hot one day and they're just like blow through. And you're just like, oh, wow, that guy's like a hundredth in the world. And he's yeah. playing like he's top 10. But also he's really good at darts for being hundredth. Like being hundredth in the world means you're incredible at darts. Like, <laughs> obviously, I don't think I'm breaking ground by saying, oh, you're one of the hundred best registered people at this one thing in the entire world. You're probably pretty good at it. <laughs> it's crazy because they, like I said, they have the 128 tour cards. However, there are times where some of the players just don't enter all of these tournaments because the schedule is very crowded. So they have the their uh, challenge tour, which is like their secondary tour, essentially, that if they don't have the full 128 tour card members, the highest ranked players on that challenge tour system will fill in the gaps for that tournament, just for the for those floor tournaments, just to get it to that, you know, very strict kind of 128 bracket size, which does result every once in a while, very rarely. Uh, those players going far. Like last year, there was a player that didn't have a tour card that ended up winning one of the floor tournaments, which is absolutely wild to not even have your tour card, but win a PDC. And because of the mix of guys, um, it's a 
you get guys like uh, Pikachu started to like work his way through stuff. You, you, uh, you get to see guys kind of that you ex- if you're watching those, you kind of have a better idea just objectively from like a betting perspective on how people are mm-hmm. playing. Like if you're interested in the betting side of darts, like that is where the the like money is made is like knowing what to look for. Like because the thing with the floor tournaments is they're like not just who's playing well, but like who's not playing well, like who is a name who's just like shitting the bed. Um, and, and it doesn't really, it's not one of those things where if you don't play, you're not good. Uh, for instance, uh, the four tar, uh, the four tour, that's why it was hard to say the four tour tour card holders absent are Adrian Lewis, uh, Tim Walters, Ronnie Hubrix, and Michael Van Gerwen. So those are going to be the four that are missing. From Michael Van Gerwen could not play for two years and still qualify for every tournament because he's made like a million dollars, a million and a half or something like that. Um, yeah. And then the uh, Danny Jansen, Stefan Belmont, Aiden Kirk, and da- Daryl Pilgrim will be replacing them in this tournament. Um, mm-hmm. And there's just a lot of it's basically everybody you've ever heard of playing darts um, that's still active. Uh, basically everybody you saw in the world championships, all that stuff. It's, it's a, it's, it's a everybody of everybody. You may not see all of them every single time on the, um, the streams, but you will see basically every one, all 128 guys, at least a couple of times during uh, a given if not a given tournament a given like two day i think they kind of do make an effort to be like oh you weren't on tv yesterday yeah definitely especially early on yeah for sure yeah when because it's like they all want to and all of them like it sounds silly but all of them like have darts and shirts and stuff like that to sell so it's kind of like no we're really trying to like build your brand up it's in that way it's very wrestling like you're getting some screen time like i would actually be interested to do um because that's my bag um to, like how often they appear on the streams um just in terms of like if there's an actual different like obviously you're going to have more popular guys but also sometimes michael smith will go through three rounds but it's like oh he was like the number one ranked guy so he was just destroying people <laughs> and it's, it's probably- and it's funny the p the pdc their their twitter account or x i don't know if i have this be using the proper name here <laughs> but they are very good about posting the streaming schedule ahead of time so obviously you know it's tough because they draw the actual bracket the day of the tournaments but once they have that figured out, they are able to um, really post out. They'll have it like they'll have round one and they'll say these are the, you know, whatever, four matches that are going to be on stream one, stream two. So you can actually track it. So not only that, like obviously stream one is going to be probably the better match out of whatever four are going to be played at that point. Um, so it certainly would be kind of interesting to track that. I'd be kind of curious. And I also think it's interesting because what they'll sometimes do is one big guy on stream one and then kind of all of the other big like they'll have one big match let's say in stream one and the rest of them are kind of like in betweens and then the rest of the streams for the other three cams or whatever streams are like really good but not like super high level guys it's just like a bunch of guys you've kind of heard of or seen um it's it is by itself worth the subscription to PDC 
TV. Yeah, like there's absolutely. a bunch of reasons to get it. If you're even remotely interested in darts, it's cheap. Uh, I'm, we don't, we're not getting paid to say this, but like it is genuinely worth like the $7 to try it out or whatever. Um, you might even have like a free trial, but yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the better investments you can make in terms of just like having a streaming service to watch. Cause you're like, Oh, I can kind of just, though I will say it doesn't have any kind of TV app. That is like the one thing that I don't love. Uh, but I actually hooked up my computer to my TV so that my daughter and I can watch darts. Uh, totally worth it. Like a hundred percent. Um, yeah. So uh, just, I wanted to go through some, so we think in terms of favorites um, this year, it's going to be the usual suspects, right? It's going to be the guys in the Premier League and the guys kind of sniffing around the Premier League, right? Is there anybody? As far as uh, like winning these, the the floor tournament? Winning these, but also uh, being higher seeds. But correct me if I'm wrong, actually, we should get into this, how this affects the players' championship at the end of the year in terms of rankings and stuff like that. So is it a situation where if you do well in the pro tour, like objectively you're going to get money for it, right? But does it have any other bearing beyond uh, qualifying you for other tournaments? Like, do you get special dispensation if you've done, because I remember like David Chisnell was like a super, was like super high ranked in one of the tour, seated in one of the tournaments because he's so highly ranked on the pro tour. So Mm -hmm. is that, is that, how does that work? Yeah, so there, there's a couple things, and one of the things you'll find out soon is that, or not you specifically, if you already know this, but um, the PDC has a different number of rankings. So they have what they call the Order of Merit, which takes every ranking tournament that they play over the last two years into consideration, and you rank, the players are ranked based on how much money they've won over the last two years. Below that is what they call the Pro Tour order of merit and the pro tour order of merit is all of the money that players have won over the last 12 months. And that looks specifically at the players championship tournaments as well as the Euro tour tournaments as well. So there's, like we said, there's the 30 players championships. There is right now, at least the 13 Euro tour events. So those 43 events, the money that, that you've won will go towards your pro tour, which is really just looking at essentially one's looking at the last year, One's looking at the last two years, um, so that so the pro tour, uh, the floor events feed into that. Separate from that, there are separate, <laughs> there are separate. Uh, essentially, what, I'm just going to keep calling them floor tournaments. Though so there's separate rankings for the floor tournaments, and then there's a separate ranking for the Euro Tour as well. Because each of those, the floor tournaments and the Euro Tour, they both culminate with a finals based on how players have done in those specific events over the course of the year so you'll have is that the european championship and the players championship and the players championship finals yep so the players championship is the top 64 players out of the the i mean greater than the 128 if they're if we have the supplemental players from the challenge tour but it's the top 64 players from the 30 floor tournaments and then the euro tour is going to be the top 32 players across the 13 euro tour events as well and like you so, said, someone like Nathan Aspinall, who's in the in the Premier League and everything, didn't qualify for the Players' Championship last year, right? Because he just didn't show up didn't enough. Yeah. Not like, not metaphorically, like literally did not go to enough floor tournaments to really 
make enough movement in the rankings and he's one of at the very least one of the top 15 players in the world unequivocally right so the idea that he was not one of the what 60 how many 64 64 is insane but it's a function of him not going to these so these are important for a number of reasons um and if you're a guy that's not a nathan aspinall level star where you're selling shirts you're selling a lot of darts you're like uh, a merchandise mover as i like to call them you need these to kind of justify doing this for a living like you're almost like working at like a sales job kind of thing where you're like consistently trying to get return on you and and uh, uh, uh jules van dongen the dong uh, has talked about like it's expensive to do this like it is not it, for him he lives in america i think he said it's like thirty thousand dollars a year for him to do all the travel and stuff like that like he's yeah. in the red to start basically thirty thousand dollars every year he has to win that amount and it's yeah. like that's the difference between guys like that and uh, someone at the top of the sport and it's not the guy at the top of the sports fault it's just the nature of it and Mm -hmm. and i think that and and like i we mentioned last week with love the darts they talked about it the the ranking system is going to change in terms of like how people qualify for stuff it's going to get really complicated we'll look into that more as we see how it actually affects stuff but this, these tournaments are the, to me, like the lifeblood of the actual, they are the like non-major tournaments. Um, they're the, not even the master's level tournaments. They're just like the open tournaments, like in tennis with the, the WTA and the ATP, that kind of stuff. They're like the tournaments that keep the sport going, basically, yeah. in terms of not the players not the fans, right? But like the actual players, just like having stuff to do. Um, yeah, exactly. And then on top of that too, they recently, or not recently, this was now going back a few years, the PDC, when they put the the Pro Tour Order of Merit in place, so the combination floor tournament and Euro Tour rankings, when they put that into effect, they did that so the players would benefit overall. So we, so these major tournaments that they have, so things like the world championship, the world match play, the Grand Prix, all those kinds of things. It's not just limited to the overall order of merit, the two-year ranking. It's also, they take in players from the pro tour. So for example, the world match play, the world Grand Prix, those are broken down into the top 16 players in the overall two-year order of merit will be They'll make the tournament. I was about to say seated, but not totally true. Those top 16 players will qualify. And then the top 16 that have not already qualified from the two-year order of merit, those next 16 on the Pro Tour, they will also qualify. So for the match play, those 16 from the two-year ranking are the seated players. And those 16 from the one-year ranking are unseated. And they're just randomly drawn against one of those seated players. So it does behoove you to to go up in the two-year ranking for obvious reasons. Now, where it gets a little interesting is the World Grand Prix, the double-in, double-out tournament, which, as we know, is already a little bit of a crapshoot. Those 16 from the two-year ranking, only the top eight of those 16 <laughs> are actually seated. So you have the seat, eight seated players, and then you have the 24 then essentially unseated players. So that's where the draw can get very, very interesting because you can see those bigger names actually match up earlier in the tournament. Yeah, because they don't, they just don't have the juice 
that they would have if they were playing. Yeah. And, and the other thing is that it, uh, it, it's not just the, those two things I think are important that, that the idea of it's the lifeblood of keeping these guys to be professionals, to be honest. Um, and that it's a really great way to like for betting, but it's also like really good way to immerse yourself in all of the strategy and stuff like that of darts. You're just seeing so much of it. So if you play, I cannot recommend it enough. Like it's, it's, if even if you're shit at playing, like I am, I, <laughs> I got my ass beat. I think what was it? How many darts that I had 99 darts to finish and I still lost because I was on, I was in the madhouse for like 20 turns because my ceiling is too low for me to aim that high. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that was the problem. That was the only thing stopping you from. Well, ever, if you. We're not going to. We will discuss the darty parties going forward. Not right now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So when you watch them, because you're seeing so many different scenarios just by virtue of the the variance and talent and all of that stuff. Like a lot of the things that you see happen in a premier league, you're never in your fucking life going to be able to do no matter how hard you try. I just want, look at me. All right. I'm Jordan the stallion right now. Like, look at me. No, it's never, it's never going to happen. Um, but like a lower end guy, 128th guy in the world, like Part of that is that, like, his C game is probably, like, oh, I, I've had that weird thing happen where you throw it in the wrong bed, two beds over, and now you have to figure out the math. Like, it it does actually, like, help you, like, learn the game better because you're so immersed in all of the logic of it. And if there is commentary, it's there, it's the the really like meat and potatoes commentary of just like, that's a good shot. Here's a good strategy. It's like really interesting commentary because they're not, they're not trying to like bump a rating. It's literally for nerds like us and they're talking pure strategy and it's like, but it is their like some of their top end guys. Cause it's like, what am I doing other? Like, I don't know if John part shows up, but I've, I think I've heard Wayne and stuff like that yeah. on, you know what I'm saying? Like, and so it's not, you're not getting like the C list, announcers you're learning about the game you're watching the game i i love floor tournaments i am they're my fa- i think they're outside of the world championships they're my favorite part of darts i mean i got no argument there they're definitely the one thing i don't want to say a complaint necessarily but the one thing i'm a little worried not how do i what do i even want to say right now the thing that i'm most concerned about is the fact that they're now all going to be midweek. They they used to be majority used to be held on weekends. Last year, I think it was fifteen mm-hmm. of them were on weekends, fifteen were on weekdays, and now they're just all during the week, which is fine, but definitely makes the month of February very dull because there's nothing nothing on weekends at this point. So we just got to do our best. We got the Premier League, and we have. Monday, Tuesday for not just this coming week, but the week after as well. We have the Players Championship three and four. Also, I, I will say this: um, it does allow us to record and not have to worry about missing results for tournaments. So, thanks, guys. Great job with that. Touche. <laughs> not just be like, oh shit. Um, so, uh, is there anybody that you think? Um, 
and you can just say an American if it makes you feel better. Is there? Do you think there's somebody that's gonna really like turn it on this year in terms of like? So I think someone like a Rob Cross could end up really benefiting from uh, the the kind of high level practice that you get with this not that he needs practice but like i think he kind of when he gets in a groove he's one of the best in the world and like stuff like this helps him get in the groove uh, especially like he's played okay he played very well on thursday um but guys like that th- there's that level of guy is there a guy like a step behind that level guy that you think has a chance to really like uh it, like a bunting or something like that that really has a chance to like end up as like a top top guy on the pro tour just because they're professional darts players you know what i mean and in that sense of like a professional hitter where you're just like really good at darts in a in a just straight darts yeah, playing way yeah, absolutely <laughs> i mean after winning the masters i feel like bunting would be a little bit of a cop-out answer but if you wanted to give me if yeah, you, if, yeah, I, yeah. if you want to be able to name one other person i don't know what it is about floor tournaments because when I think of this, it's it's probably because a lot of times some of the bigger names may not enter all of them. The one name that always pops into my head for these is Ryan Searle. And he just, mm-hmm. he just he's very, um, he's really, it seems like kind of turned it on a little bit more and started kind of focusing on the game even more than what he has in the past. Oh yeah, he everybody's been saying that, and people that are friends with him are like, I've never heard him in my life give a shit <laughs> about playing dar basically like he's he knows he's really fucking good and he can he can just kind of and then i think like he's best he's very very close friends if not best friends with luke Humphreys, and i think he literally told luke like no all right now i have to like step up because you did all that <laughs> shit um obviously if anyone knows anything about me jan van veen is uh my favorite player uh i i really think that he's gonna try to turn it on. I he played very well in the Dutch Masters, um, and he's. I think he sees a guy like Lidler. He seems like a weirdly competitive dude, um, like in the Van Guren way, where you're like, oh, you, you're that weird Dutch <laughs> thing where you're a fucking sociopath. Okay, <laughs> um, but I, I, I love the way he plays. His darts are great. Like I, they're my favorite. I have a couple of sets. I got a couple of sets of darts for Christmas, so I feel very fancy. And then I like look at the prices I would have paid, and I'm like, oh, thank God for Christmas, because that's. <laughs> but he, uh, he's just been my favorite guy uh, in terms of like I when I started, I started with Gerwin, and then I immediately saw Jan, and I was like, yeah. oh, okay. Um, I like you. You're tall. You're cute. Um, he's super. He's but he faced Luke Lidler in the world championship in the junior yeah, the youth, championship youth, yeah. or the youth championship. And and I, I remember watching it and being like, oh, okay, this Lidler guy seems good. But I thought that Van Veen had played poorly, and it was like, no, <laughs> the other dude's just a fucking monster. But I that's my pick if you're gonna go with like my favorite guy, but um. The other one I really do think uh, could have a chance if he he can bring himself to to turn it up is uh, is Chris Doby because I think he's pissed about the Premier League. I think he's really like ups- he should be uh, like we we've talked about why you'd pick somebody like Stephen uh, Stephen Wright Jesus Christ uh, why you'd pick somebody like Peter Wright over 
over him, but it's it still must sting to like play as well as he has and not make it. Like he almost made he almost beat Humphreys. Like he would literally like he had him dead to rights and then he he didn't double tap him in the head. That was the problem. If he, if he would have shot the motherfucker in the head, he would have died, <laughs> but he didn't. Uh, uh, but yeah, I, I think those are the guys in terms of the like guys right on the cusp. Um, I don't know if there's, I really love mm-hmm. Pikachu as a player. I think he's a total fucking psycho weirdo, but I like love he, I think he's a really talented player. He's a dark horse where I think he, between the Euro tour, cause he's based out of Germany and, uh, and the and the floor tournaments, he's I think he's really gonna he's young too. He's gonna just live darts for the next well, yeah. year. Is the my, interesting is my thing vibe. is because he won that Euro Tour late last year, he is now seated for those Euro mm-hmm. Tour events. So for the Euro Tour, the top sixteen in the in that Pro Tour, that twelve month ranking, they are seated, and he is getting he is a, the sixteen seed. So he actually gets a first round buy as well that comes along with it so he yeah he does not have to play on friday which maybe he would kind of want to but he's got definitely going to be one to to kind of keep an eye on to see how he does yeah and he's he's got a he's got an air about him that's kind of like he's if if he can get his emotions under control, I think he could, he's the kind of guy who either doesn't care who the fuck you are or really upset. And I think if he can just focus on not caring who the fuck you are and just throwing darts, he's, mm-hmm. he's, he could be like a surprise, like guy that makes like a semifinal of a, like a world. Ch- he's, he can, cause he can get so hot. He's, I really liked watching him come up through everything and he did well i think in the european championships i think he got he got way i think he can end up by the end of the year being the highest ranked german by a considerable margin yeah 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 you have have gabriel clemens i feel like is that could that be true now I'm curious. Now uh, Schindler, Gabriel Clemens. There's a couple of guys. There's a decent amount yeah. of Germans, but they're kind of towards the like, because yeah. I, I actually I color coded. I everyone I will be releasing a table of all of this stuff, but I color coded it and I was like, oh, am I did the Germany color coding work for the like conditional formatting because they were so far down I didn't see any of them. Like that's not me making fun of Germany. Please don't come after me. Um, <sighs> <laughs> what they it's never. their thing it's what they do <laughs> i might cut that i might not i don't know we don't have German fans. um and i did want to give you an opportunity before we close out to talk about one of your favorite guys uh damon hedda oh yeah damon hedda has really kind of broken out of his shell, I think, as of late. Not not even as of late. As of probably the last six months or so, really since the world match play, I would say. He always kind of like kept his head down and just did what he needed to do. I don't know. I think it partially may have started when, when si- him and Simon Whitlock won the World Cup. I think that kind of helped solidify him a bit. Like that is definitely a big, a big tournament. Um and, it's a and cool then now, yeah, yeah, it is, yeah, and that, especially since last year, after they changed the format to all doubles and a group stage and everything, that mm-hmm. was probably one of the best tournament changes the PDC has ever done. Um, but that said, 
he's kind of, now that I think he's really solidified himself as like one of the top players in the PDC and he's going to be consistently seated always like on the cusp of being in the top 10 and everything like that. I think he's really started to kind of show his personality a bit more. You see it in his walk-ons. He feels he like a star. It. What was that? He feels like a star. He feels like a star. Yeah, absolutely. But he also, he also plays up the crowd a lot as well. Like, for no, example, that's what I mean is like, there are people in wrestling. They, sorry guys, uh, <laughs> drink. Uh, they have people who are like mechanics who can make anybody look good. There are people who are like stars, and they have people who are like attractions. And the stars are trying to become attractions. Like The Rock is an attraction. CM Punk is an attraction. Seth Rollins is a is a superstar. He's not an attraction. Sorry, Seth. Um, like that and that's the difference and like Hedda's in can end up in that superstar like high level star but he also kind of has the like he could if he really plays well the rest of him is really marketable from like a, he's like a really seems like a really fun funny guy who like doesn't take it takes what he does seriously but not himself too seriously like yeah. perfect kind of premier league guy just like mm-hmm. a and like Australians are hot right now. Thanks to Bluey. We got to get more of them. Not a lot more. They're all criminals. Um, But (laughs) (laughs) no, he's, he's a, he's a guy I know you'd love, but he's also a guy I've been watching and kind of been like, Oh, you've kind of figured out what it is you do here. Um, And, and that's really important for these guys as they want to become like those they want to move product. Like, I, I, I know it makes it kind of like feel less pure for some people maybe, but like, no, that's cool. I like that they have their own darts. They're like, it's like a mix between wrestling and skateboarding. It's fucking awesome. Like, and I think that's part of what you are watching for is guys like him. Um, and, and I totally get like, after watching it, I was like, Oh, he's kind of goofy. He's kind of, uh, what the kids would say cringe and then like i realized like no he's australian so he doesn't he doesn't care he doesn't register other people's opinions as meaningful so it's like oh no he just doesn't <laughs> good day <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah i think i think we can uh kind of uh wrap it up here um but I think we have a pretty good explanation but if anybody has any questions for us um we're going to be putting up some stuff after next week, we'll have the website up and we're going to be putting up explanations. We're going to be putting up like we're going to be tracking stuff. I just have to figure out how it all works. Um, and Brad, Brad and I have to figure out how it all works. Hi, Brad. Um, but it's uh, we're going to be doing a lot of this stuff, both on the podcast and on the website in terms of stuff you can look at. Um, I like doing visual graphic stuff, so I'll probably do infographics for a lot of this stuff that Brad's going to do the research on um, and some of the stuff I'm going to do research on. I've been doing a lot of statistical stuff. Uh, so we have that to look forward to in the next couple of weeks. Um, next week, our schedule might be a little weird. Um we may release it early because I, I think you said there's no major tournaments. There's nothing really basically next weekend, right? Yeah, there's nothing next week. And the, after, you know, we have the floor tournaments this Monday, Tuesday. And then after that, the next thing is floor tournaments the following Monday, Tuesday. But otherwise, that's pretty much it. And I think that actually is it for the month. Aside from the Premier League, of course. Yeah, so uh, this week, I actually, so I had mentioned in passing to Brad last week about the article about the uh, how dart players are the perfect shape. Um, 
So I'm going to actually include that because I read it again and I really enjoyed it. It's a sports science thing. It's basically, like I said, it's not that they're supposed to be fat, quote unquote, not to fat shame. I'm a chunky boy. Um, But (laughs) that it's supposed to be like you get muscular from that force you're trying to generate to like move only your elbow is like really hard to do physically. Like you have to be able to keep so still at your like the physical core of your being that it, it does actually like require you to have a, a strong core in a, in a, like a muscular sense. Um, so it definitely will, like I said, we'll put that in the show notes. Um, and Brad, did you have, do you have anything that people who are looking to get into more darts shit should listen to or watch or read? Yeah, absolutely. So I know last week I mentioned the guys at Online Darts. They have the YouTube channel there as well. Um, they do generally like an, every Monday, they do a um, kind of like a, a live, I think they call it like the live lounge. It's generally like a two hour just kind of conversational thing of what's gone on recently. Um, so that's kind of been the big one. And then I always am a big fan of uh, the weekly darts cast as well. That's another great uh, podcast that's made put together by fans of, as well. Yeah, we will uh, definitely be linking to both of those. So we'll be back next week. Uh, we're going to cover the floor tournaments one and two, and we will be covering uh, the uh, Premier League. Uh, we'll we'll actually start, I think, tracking our predictions too. Um, and we're we've talked about it. I think we uh, and I can cut this too. Uh, we're thinking about doing a prediction pool. Um, we obviously didn't start with week one, but oh well. You know what? Fuck you. That's that's what the man wants you to think. You can do whatever the hell you want, okay? Um, but yeah, it may be worth starting that once we start losing interest and the thing starts losing steam because it's been good the first two weeks. Yeah, like fourteen more weeks of this is oh, going to be tough. Jesus. I love darts, but that might be too much. Uh, without like other people, like it's it's not a marriage. I'm, I don't want to keep fucking these people for another sixteen weeks. You know what I mean? Like I didn't agree to that. I agreed to that, but I didn't agree to it. You know what I mean? <laughs> um so yeah like a the uh, but um that's about it this week um i i fucking hate ending shows so